Hey there, it's me, your money, and welcome to Tandia Talks Money. They say money talks, and it is true, I do. And I also like to work hard. They say it builds character, but it also builds TFSAs and RRSPs, which is why every week Tandia will share new ideas, tips, and wisdom from Tandia's finest to help you get to where you want to go. You know, with a little help from me, of course. Like, who else? We're winding down the year, which seems so odd to me because sometimes I feel like it was just March. And here we are in December approaching 2023. I feel like everybody in life, and I keep seeing the Will Ferrell memes all over social media, you know, the one with him cracking a we'll say, Beveragino, that says, like, my response to anything work-related is, like, that's a 2023 problem. And I think we all can't help but feel this way as we approach the end of the year. And although our finances are not our job, it kind of feels like one sometimes when it comes to managing them. And I think at this time of the year, everyone's like, you know what, YOLO, that's a 2023 problem. Now, we're more than a year into this pod, and we continue to make the focus of this podcast to make money relatable, break down the stigmas, and provide financial literacy while being your banking BFF, making sure we give you sound advice and be the listening ear for you, even though you're listening to me. But it's because that's what makes a pretty great best friend, don't you think? Like that listening ear. So we wouldn't be doing our job as your ranking BFF if we didn't keep you in check. So while although it may feel you are in full-blown holiday mode and everything is a 2023 problem, which I'm not going to lie, it's kind of how I feel. I'm already in vacation mode. And we think it's important to regroup and set yourself up for success. So when 2023 rolls around, you can hit the ground running. Now I can sit here and go through a checklist of what you need to be doing by the end of the year, blah, blah, blah. But what I think is really great about this time of year is reflection. We kind of sit back and you know, like that New Year's Eve song plays, should old acquaintance be forgot and never, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna hit those high notes, but like you can't, you can't tell me that you don't hear that song and you recount on all the things like, man, I should have done this this year. Oh man, I did a really great job. And all the things that you accomplished or, you know, maybe that you didn't, And what do you want the new year to be? So don't tell me that you don't stop and reflect when you hear that song. And now I know after you listening to this episode for the final episode of 2022, you're going to be like, Carla sang that song. She knows we're ready to reflect. Because without fail, we all feel, you know, January, new year, it's a fresh start, a clean slate. And I want you to think this time of year right now, and I want you to do your homework, is reflect on the emotional side of your finances. Because let's face it, our emotions, they influence our decisions. So it is vital that we analyze how our emotions have been impacting our financial decisions. Finances and money elicit so many emotions. Unfortunately, for many of us, Sometimes those emotions can be negative, like shame or fear, that keep us up at night. What I want you to stop 
and think about this December before we enter into the new year is the how and why behind the emotional responses to money. Now, you can do this on your own or you can work with your banking BFF to help you identify the emotions you are feeling around your finances. And you can use this information to develop your plan in 2023 that will get you to where you want to be financially. I can't say that you're not going to make bad decisions because everyone does and it's okay. However, we hope to help you minimize those bad decisions, especially the major ones by recommending some proven methods for making wise decisions. So how are we going to do that, right? Like I just told you, I'm not going to give you a checklist. Well, we've had like a great number of fluctuations in the market this past year and everyone is kind of feeling it and we're listening to the news and we may or may be more reactive than proactive right now. And when it comes to maybe, you know, everything in life, we are acting reactively. So what can we do to help guide you? Well, I'm glad you asked. Today, we have a special guest on. Today, we have another member of our wealth team, Kush. Now, Kush, he comes to us with over a decade of experience of working in the financial services industry. What is so great about Kush is he understands that many of us have fears and concerns about money, you know, especially not having enough. I can attest to that. I feel like you'll never have enough money, but maybe you have the opposite problem. I don't know. Or if not knowing what to do when you have too much of it. He really does pride himself on taking the time to listen to your concerns and ask important questions to develop a customized, holistic wealth plan that is just right for you, your family, and your lifestyle. The planning you do today is not for your current self. So that's one point that I want you to reflect on today. Rather, what can you do today for your future self, right? I've said it before, you know, future Carla is going to thank current day Carla for this. Now, doesn't he sound like your banking BFF? I think he, I think he sounds like your banking BFF. So welcome, Kush, to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Carla. It's my pleasure to be on with you today. Perfect. So he's going to walk us through today how to avoid emotional investing, what it's all about, and provide us some strategies on how we can take the emotion out so we can see a clearer picture. So as we continue to move through this new economic climate, today's episode is really going to help you to reflect on the past year and help set you up to hit the ground running in January with all the confidence. Because let's face it, making wise decisions and implementing them well is almost always the difference between succeeding and failing. So today, I think where we could start, Kush, is, you know, first and foremost, I think we need to start with what is emotional investing? So how can we help kind of set the context for this podcast as why we're talking about this topic at the end of the year? So Carla, that's a great question that you begin with. Well, over the past several years, we have faced many unique challenges and many unique scenarios that perhaps we have never come across throughout our whole entire life. So to put it in the simplest form, emotional investing is making an investment decision based on raw emotions and reacting impulsively to things that are truly beyond your control. And so, essentially, this decision-making process relies on how one feels or how a group of individuals feel. So, instead of 
basing the decision on hard facts, data, and objective information, you are just relying on how things feel. While these reactions can be triggered by a desire to avoid risk, so essentially, you know, you're in your head, you're making these decisions to avoid mistakes and risks that you do not want to encounter. However, the result of these behaviors can pose the greatest risk of all, and that is not reaching your long-term goals. And so, you know, I truly believe the biggest risk may not be market fluctuations themselves, however, our reaction to these fluctuations. I think that's a really great point that we're highlighting this episode because we talk about, you know, you're reactive when you're in the market. But I think what people and one of the points you mentioned is, you know, people don't do things because of the risk involved. And I think they are inhibiting their financial picture. And as I've told them now to stop and reflect, maybe one of their reflection points is, you know, I could be doing this, this and this for myself. And I've just been so hesitant because I've been reactive and worried more on the emotional side than actually taking the time to learn and understand. And people here, especially with the current economic climate, like the market cycles, and they hear this and they hear that, and this person went up and down, and I don't want to lose my life savings in the market, but I think it's just a lot of like understanding that goes behind it. So maybe we can touch on like market cycles, how they go up and down on a regular basis, what we've witnessed, significant volatility over the past few years, and how does this affect like, you know, as an investor, like how does this affect your behavior when you're looking to either get in the market or you're in the market and you're kind of panicking? So what can you kind of allude to there for us? Yeah, that's a great point you raise about investor psychology tied into how the market essentially behaves. So investor behavior shows that reactions to market swings are complex. And unfortunately, it is not as simple as buying low and selling high. I mean, I wish it was that easy, then maybe you and I wouldn't even be here talking about this today. We'd be millionaires. Exactly. So, but what we need to understand that it is important to understand where these emotions and reactions come from so that we can take control and be more aware of our actions. And hopefully, as a result, we can make prudent decisions and not let our emotions sway the way we, you know, come down to a decision that can determine the whole course of your life. So as markets come in phases, so do our emotions. And I'm pretty sure you've heard phrases such as, oh, markets are cyclical, markets go up and down. What I would like to begin with today is as markets rise, investors are generally happy, optimistic, and even euphoria takes over as people see their account balances grow and read about market rallies. During this time, typically business is booming. Things are great. Everyone is happy. And investors start to believe excess returns are the norm. So they think, you know what, I just got to put some money in the market, um, it's going to grow, I'm going to make a lot of money, and it's, it's going to be happily ever after. And so what happens is, 
investors start having unrealistic expectations. And these feelings emerge during a prolonged economic expansion or market rally, very similar to what we've witnessed over the past decade or so. As you can see, you know, we've been a part of a raging bull market and investors are getting used to that. And the issue here is that, you know, the party has to end at one point or another. It cannot go on forever. As the markets come to its peak and the doubter begins, investors often begin to feel anxious and ask themselves, is this the top? Are we in a bubble? Should I get out now? Now, I think it's important to keep in mind that trying to time the market or pinpointing the exact moment of a peak is extremely difficult and often it's next to impossible. So some investors at that point might even begin to feel a little bit of denial, thinking that, oh, this is only a temporary downturn and the markets will come back roaring stronger than ever. However, as markets continue to drop, panic and discouragement takes over. Suddenly, investors want out, and often this is the worst time to get out. Rather, you know, thinking contrarily, this is, might be a good time to get in. However, like I said, the emotions take over at this point, and common sense is no longer common. And just to, you know, add to that, at this point, the realities of a down market become more clear and evident and investors feel desperate because they can no longer meet unrealistic expectations. So what happens then is fear kicks in. Investors become fearful and uh, people start thinking about switching out of riskier assets and pulling their investments out altogether and all sorts of crazy things because now, you know, you're driven by fear. And during this phase, economic growth slows down, leading to a down market. And to be quite frank, which I personally think is a healthy part of the whole cycle, because things do need to eventually cool off when they're superheated. So finally, what happens is just as the markets start to rebound, investors may still be cautious and worried because they've just been on this roller coaster where things have been fantastic, it's been all good. However, now things are trending downwards, there's changes happening in the economy, things aren't the same, expectations aren't being met. So more anxiety kicks in. And you know what? Investors at this point still may be reluctant to invest or get back in the market because of this emotional roller coaster. And even though prices are relatively low and there's a lot of upside potential, the fear is still there and prevents us from thinking in a rational way. Actually, like I was mentioning earlier, this is a great entry point or an opportunity to add to your existing portfolio. Ultimately, to summarize all of this for you, Carla, volatility can significantly affect investor psychology and emotion. This is why it is extremely important for us to be aware and informed. Now, keep in mind, when I say informed, you know, nowadays there's a lot of information easily accessible which can put us in a situation of information overload. So we want to make sure that we're informed by the news, by the media. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we're not influenced 
by the media or by the news in the short term. No, I think that's great. I think exactly what you mentioned, you know, I liked the point, you know, the party's got to end at some point, right? Like we can't be going on like these long extended ragers and like think that it's going to sustain. So I think when we're talking specifically about the market, it is very important and it's being informed, but also not too informed because we can have full-on information overload, but learning to understand, you know, what is information that's going to be relevant to you as a consumer? What are your goals and how can you act on your goals still while looking at this kind of economic cycle that we have? Because yes, we're talking about the investing side, but I think when we look at an emotional side of finances, we need to look at our whole picture, right? Because people just on the flip side, you know, things are great. Things are booming. We're investing. It's good. We're seeing a great return. And on the flip side, we've seen a lengthy amount of lower rates on the lending side. So people are spending, people are, you know, putting pools in and renos on their home. And they're not really thinking that at some point, this is all going to come to a head. So we've had low rates for a very long time. And all of this kind of works in conjunction together. So when we look at our whole financial picture, we do need to understand that the emotions play a role in all of it. And we, we full on, you know, need to capitalize on the opportunities that are in front of us and know exactly who to go to, who to reach out to. So you can, you know, if you've never invested before and you might be a little scared and you're thinking, oh, this is the worst time. I'm not going to do it now. But then you go, you know, four more years and you don't take that plunge. Just knowing who to reach out to, to ask these questions so you can get involved and you can better yourself in the long term. And I think that's a really great point to, like you mentioned as well, you know, the economy is cyclical. Yes, we've all heard these things. We hear the news. We hear all these kind of negative things that are happening. So how do we just kind of slim this information down and know what is the best situation for us, right, as a person? So we've talked about, you know, the market, uh, market cycles. We talked about the psychology behind it. We talked about the emotional roller coaster that kind of goes up and down that you feel. But maybe now we can elaborate on what happens by having a plan. How can you avoid the emotional side of investing or pulling out or being too afraid to jump into the market? So how does a plan help you in this? So I'd like to start by saying, you know, not every investment journey needs to be like a roller coaster yes you know markets go up and down but that doesn't mean your emotions also need to be all over the place so we always advise members to avoid frantic investing to avoid hysterical decisions that really have no sound basis or a foundation of making that decision so To answer your question, yes, I certainly believe it is possible to have a pleasant investment journey. And it ultimately starts by going back to the basics, which you have mentioned. The first thing that members should do is create a plan which includes a framework for making important decisions. A detailed plan will help investors to block out unnecessary noise. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of negative news. There's different articles coming out every day. There's, you know, different narrative taking place that can 
really throw people off track. So we want to make sure we block out the unnecessary noise and focus on what truly matters, which is the individual's goal, which is what is truly important to them. And so history has proven that markets are resilient and go up over long periods of time. Therefore, you should be comfortable knowing that if you have a plan that is, you know, tailored just for you, then ultimately this plan will help you achieve your goal over the long run. You can disregard short-term volatility at this point and enjoy your life with peace. And I can elaborate on this a little bit more. So having a plan will help you avoid emotional investing. This is because the objective of a plan is to clearly define your financial goals, your risk tolerance, time horizon, asset allocation, and outline the actions required to achieve your goals. So this is a clear example of having direction, having a roadmap laid out to achieve your goals rather than, you know, being blindfolded and trying to throw darts. That's what we want to completely avoid. So having this plan allows investors to step back and, like you mentioned, look at the big picture and recognize what matters the most. Once this step is completed, your plan then needs to include quality investments with a proven long-term track record and significant growth potential. This will help in avoiding emotional investing because the plan will provide direction, as I have mentioned, and rather than aimlessly investing, you are on top of things. And as a result, investors and members will have more confidence in achieving their goal despite what the market does. The market can go up, go down, do whatever it wants. But as long as you're confident and you're in a situation where you have a plan, you're working with professionals and you are making progress towards your goal, then quite frankly, it becomes irrelevant what the markets are doing in the short term or the day-to-day as long as you're working towards achieving your goal. Now, another thing I want to mention that it is possible that you may have a great plan. So, Carla, you know, I love how you emphasize planning and, you know, from every aspect from your in your financial situation, whether it's investing or lending or your day-to-day banking, having a plan is, you know, probably the smartest thing anyone can do. Now, A plan in and of itself cannot get the job done. And what I mean by this is that it is important to implement your plan with a disciplined approach. The execution is equally as important as putting together the plan. So this means not reacting in the short term due to volatility. For example, you know, let's talk about two key emotions that play a major factor when it comes to your hard earned money. You know, if we were just investing or trading with paper money, meaning, you know, just just a practice account, it, it would be completely different because the moment you lose money, you don't care. It's not your hard-earned money. You don't really work for that. That's It's just kind of like a video game. Mm-hmm. However, when it's your hard-earned money, you want to make sure that it goes a long way. So, you know, having a disciplined approach and not reacting to volatility will help you not get into a mind of fear and greed because fear and greed are major players in the emotional and reactive nature of many investors. 
Fear and greed can influence our brain in such a manner that they will force us to disregard common sense, self-control, and ultimately resulting in a negative transformation of your overall financial picture. So we want to make sure that not only do we have a plan, but we are executing the plan with a strong discipline and staying the course and making sure that we only make changes to investments or our plan if something in our life changes or if your goal changes, not if the market changes, because quite frankly, the market changes every day. So what are we going to do? Go adjust our plan every day? That would be ridiculous. What if I wanted to? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I think, you know, all those points are like nailing it on the head. And I think why we chose to do this episode at the end of the year is we've been building to this all year. We've talked about, you know, creating that plan, create a payday plan, create a plan for your debt, create a plan for your kind of fraud awareness that you need to do. And I really liked the point is like a plan is great. And you hopefully by now you've started to set one up and make those goals and break those goals down into smaller goals. Because yes, I would love to you and say, hey, you know, I push. I want to retire in Florida and I'm like I'm an elder millennial and I'm approaching like a number that I don't want to talk about but anyways you know that's coming faster than I you know anticipate or feel and it's great that I have this plan but what am I doing today to get myself to that plan. So by working with your banking BFF, your advisor, knowing where to seek this information, that's who's there to help you execute the plan. We're there to go through, you know, hey, you have now reflected, you want to do this and this and this. Maybe 2023 is the year that you're going to get all your finances in order. You're going to pay down some debt. You're going to look at starting an investment account. You're going to revisit your investments. You're going to do a budget plan. All the things that go into your financial picture, this is the year that you're going to do that. And you can't, yeah, you know, don't stop and reflect. This is not a 2023 problem. It's important to know and have that plan now. Start thinking about it as you go through kind of the holiday season. Start thinking about, you know, what is important to me? For me, honestly, this year, I've had such a struggle buying gifts because I just feel like we've come out of such a hangover, for lack of better words, the last couple of years. And the things that maybe were important to me like three years ago have been, are changed. There's things that I find more valuable now. So it's about readjusting that plan as you move through. So you're not reactive. You're not you're not reacting out of fear and greed. And that's usually what happens around your whole financial picture, whether you're investing. Yeah, obviously I want to be in something that's going to make me more money and that's going to make me feel better. And I'm going to drive my business towards that because, you know, that's great. But then the minute, like I start losing something, I'm going to feel panicked or, you know, yeah, great. I have a merit line that I've had on my home and it's been paying like less than 0% interest. Not actually, that's a joke, but the interest rates have been so low that, you know, you've overspent. And now as interest rates have crept up and may continue to creep up in the new year, you know, you're left feeling that like fear. Oh my gosh, like I'm paying this out. How am I going to afford this? This is now drastically different. So this is a pivotal time of the year to reflect, 
stop. Review your own emotions, understand what's important to you, and seek out an advisor, whether it's a wealth advisor, an estate planner, somebody that you feel you need to connect with. Maybe you want to retire in 2023. Maybe, you know, you have a sick loved one and you're going to be readjusting your work schedule. Like lots of things can change over the course of your plan. And like Kush said, the market changes every day. You're not going in, or maybe, like, maybe you are a lunatic. I don't know, but for lack of better words, but maybe you are checking it excessively. But knowing that it is okay, it will work out. And by having the plan, taking out the emotions, looking at it objectively, and not biting off more than you can chew. Keep it realistic. We've always said that, you know, it's great to say, yes, I want a condo in Florida. I want to retire in Florida. Cool. What am I doing to get there? Like maybe it's I set up a a small TFSA and I put that into the market this year. I just spoke to somebody else on the wealth team and, you know, I need to get more going for my kids' RESPs because let me tell you, those twins, they're going to cost me like a pretty penny when they go to school double at the same time because that's the joy of twins. I get double the cost every time. So I think that's a great point that we can kind of end off. And we've given our listeners some homework. Don't be surprised if Kush is back on the podcast next year, because ultimately we believe in the power of financial literacy. So thank you so much, Kush, for joining us today, providing this information, because I think by having an understanding of your financial picture really does help to empower you to make better financial decisions, have a positive relationship with money. And we ultimately want our members and our listeners to recognize their worth and help them enjoy life to its fullest, especially, you know, this holiday season. So don't stress about the homework, but, you know, really do reevaluate things, take the time and understand what you want to see out of the next year. Because, you know, you're going to hear that New Year's Eve song and you're going to da, 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 da. Like, but we want you to have the experiences you've always wanted to do. As always, we are here for you. We encourage you to get in touch with us at any time, whether it's with a question about our business, a comment on how we might be able to answer your burning financial questions. After all, at Tandia, your voice is the most important one. Thank you so much for tuning in. Kush. Thanks again for being here. We hope you found value through today's podcast. So we are on all the social channels. Snap a photo, tag us, rate our podcast. We'd love to get some ratings and share us on your channels so we can help get the word out. Don't forget, you can always connect with us at Tandia.com. I will also list in the show notes ways you can get in touch with Kush because he will be able to help you through this journey and guide you and provide some support. Catch you next year. Threw you for that one, eh? Yeah, but catch you soon. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. I don't know about you, but I feel smarter already. Remember, Tandia is here to help. If you found this podcast helpful, please let us know. Got feedback? Want to learn more? Just head to Tandia.com. Tandia, as unique as you.